Have you ever re-gifted something? Oh. Yeah, I'm asking you to incriminate yourself on air. Oh, yikes. Well, Emily, you did give me that sweater made of beaver fur (laughs) one year. Yeah, and I got it from my lumberjack friend. Darn it, that's who I re-gifted it to. crap. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think I've been pretty good at not re-gifting things. You know, I'm good at being like, I can't give this out again. Yeah, you put a lot of pressure on yourself with gifts. I've seen you gift shop. It's the only thing I do for some people, you know? (laughs) The the rest of the year, I'm like, "Ah, I don't care about them. And then, you know, Christmas comes and I'm like, this is the only gesture of goodwill I have. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. You know what I have done? I've re-gifted... Uh, gift boxes. I reuse gift boxes and gift bags all Absolutely. the time. Well, sometimes you get a good one and you're like, I can't, This it would be crazy to throw this away. Uh, yeah, but even the bad ones, I'm just like, <laughs> I can't, I, it, like I could just Kyle, use it. It's, it's just to put something in. Hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you just close your eyes so you don't see what's in it. <laughs> have you ever re-gifted, Emily? No, but sometimes I, I have given a gift of something that I just had as my own thing. Oh, sure. And then I thought, yeah, I'm not using this and it would be a nice gift, so I'll just give it. <laughs> is that where I got that used bar of hand soap from? No, but that is where you got some of the dice I gave you. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. Every week on Butter No Parsnips, your hosts Emily Moyers and Kyle Imperator take you on an adventure through the weird, wacky, wonderful, and sometimes even wicked world of one wayside word. Strange characters, delightful bits, and general joyousness abound. Join them as they test each other's etymological expertise. Hello, everybody. Speaking of two dies... Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. I'm Kyle Imperator. And I'm Emily Moyers. Great segue. Because we're full of pips. Yeah, we are full of pips. Do you have a uh, a word uh, in there amongst your pips, Emily? I do have a word amongst all my pips. That isn't that a relief that I've got one? It really is because <laughs> I've waited here for a few hours for you to be ready, you know? <laughs> Let me break the tension here, Kyle. Your word is mathem. M-A-T-H-O-M. Matham. Uh, how do you do, Matham? <laughs> <laughs> I do believe we haven't met before. <laughs> you guys, Kyle's a comedy genius. <laughs> a comedy <Madam. laughs> genius. A comedy genius. Who I would never come near at the bar. <laughs> Where do you think you're going? (laughs) I shall buy you a drink. (laughs) Uh, Yes, Kyle, the word is mathem. I am floored, stunned. Yeah, it's probably mathem with a voiceless TH. I think it can be both. I'm going to stick to mathem. Mathem. Like, so when someone says, I need you to dazzle the crowd, it's like, oh, get out your calculus and mathem. (laughs) <laughs> you a, got it <laughs> okay mathem oh boy language of origin i'll be honest kyle the word is old enough that i'm not sure oh you don't and know probably the could language be of origin no 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 no. i don't know if it's mathem or mathem oh but gotcha, i think gotcha, it could gotcha. probably be both because it's super old and nowadays it's mostly written 
I mean, I want to just say it comes from Old English. You would be uh, right. But, uh, is it? Does it go back even further than that as well? Sure. Other other like Proto-Germanic okay. roots, but you know the derivation is Old English. Gotcha. Is it a noun? It is a noun. It is a noun. Any other things, please? Would you like a clue? Oh yeah, a clue would be great. Yeah. Your one word clue is twee. <gasps> oh. Is a mathem like just a small thing? Really close. Can you be a little more specific? Is it like a cute thing? I'll give it to you, Kyle. Uh, yeah. <gasps> a mathem is a trinket, knickknack, or tchotchke. Oh my god. A small it's cute so thing. Cute. <laughs> <Mathem>. <laughs> I never knew that I needed another word because those three words are really good words for those things. <laughs> yes. Uh, you could also say a piece of bric a brac. Which is the same. <laughs> Didn't I, Emily? I feel like not to get us way off course right at the beginning, but I feel like the first word that you and I ever talked about outside of this podcast, before when this podcast was just a twinkling in our eye, was a word yeah. meaning like an odd and end, like a trinket. Right? What was that word? It was malevolence, and I almost decided to talk about it in this episode. And then I was like, "Well, the only connection is just a connection in mine and Kyle's lives." Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's but important yeah, to us. Malevolence yeah. means like li- yeah, odds and ends, not really yeah. like nice things, just like sure. scraps. Yeah, right, and right, I right, think right. the root of that was like to manarvel, meaning to pillage. I looked into oh, it. Wow. I was oh, that's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Just a quick aside. Hey, that was yeah. a mini episode of Butternome Parsnips, you guys. Thanks for listening. Absolutely. Now on to the meat and potatoes yeah. of Matham. <laughs> of Matham. So the definition that I just gave you, trinkets or bric-a-brac, came about in the mid-20th century, but the old English Matham had a slightly different definition. It meant a precious thing, a treasure, or a valuable gift. So like of any size. And potentially, like, very valuable. Right, you know, like, like gold. A, a sword or a crown. Yeah. So the Old English That's word what had people a... people gifted back then, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, if you were, like, a king visiting another yeah. king. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. the Old English okay. word had a number of cognates in other Germanic languages of the time. In Old Saxon, there was mythum meaning a precious thing or a treasure. In mm. Old Icelandic, there was maithmar, which was plural. Maithmar. It meant valuables. Or in Gothic, there was maithms, which is a gift. And all of those words derived from a Proto-Germanic word, maithmas, which meant a gift, which likely came from the Proto-Indo-European root mate, meaning to exchange. Oh, it comes from a verb. Interesting. Yeah. That makes so sense. I guess it's like the thing that is exchanged. And that... Proto-Indo-European root is also the origin of the Latin word mutare, to exchange or to change, which is where (gasps) we get... Mutate? Mutate, yep. That's where we get the English word mutate. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So I guess... I'm going crazy. Mutate and mathem are doublets in that sense, because they ultimately come from the same root. Or mutant and mathem. Yeah. Another fun thing of linguistics. Let's talk about letters for a second, Kyle. Letters are so fun. Uh, You get all of the butter no parsnips letters. Yes, I do. (laughs) But these are letters that English no longer uses. Oh, like the thorn is one that I can name. Is that in mathem? Yes, Kyle. So... 
the old English mathem, as well as all of those other Germanic words that I said, are all, I found them all spelled with either a thorn or an F. Kyle, do you know what either of those letters are? F-E-T-H. Oh, an F, F. Well, well, thorn is, is T-H, right? Yes. Do you know what the letter looks like? Can you like describe it? Uh, yeah. It's like a wonky eye that's closed. Not the letter I, like a like an eye, like it's a circle <laughs> with a line through it. Uh, <laughs> looks like yes. somebody's closing their eye, you know? Yes. A lowercase thorn sort of looks like a lowercase P with like a tall upper stem to it and is pronounced like a TH. Mm-hmm. And F yeah. sort of looks like a backward six with a slash through the stem and is also pronounced like a TH. Oh, yes, 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 I think yes. that is the one you might be talking about, because an uppercase F looks like a D with a slash through the line, through the straight oh, line. Oh, that's not what a... Oh, wow, then I can really confuse them, huh? But in any case, they are both pronounced like a TH. Gotcha. Why? Yeah. I don't know. Who did that? <laughs> I used to think it was like one was the voiced TH like in breathe and one was for the voiceless like in breath but i think they were just both used for both which is why i'm not sure how mathem is supposed to be pronounced (laughs) you know i looked into this at one time like why we had those characters in the first place and i think it had something to do with the latin alphabet and like kings just adding letters because they're like i want a letter for me (laughs) yeah so these i think were like germanic letters that we dropped out as english became a little more romanticized sure so yeah thorn is used in a lot of old germanic languages like old english f is used in old english and into middle english and they are both still used in modern icelandic oh yeah that's complicated Or well, the Germanic not, languages held on to the Germanic letters, you know? Sure, sure, sure. Now, Kyle, getting back to Matham, I Matham. would love to give you some quotes using that word in Old English, but boy, Old English is just not English, you know? It's rough. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Here's the oldest quote that the Oxford English Dictionary has for this word. And it's so far back that the OED calls it early Old English. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is from a guy called Boethius. This is from his meters of Boethius, his poems. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Gilden mathem, silofren sinkstan, sirogimanan midden gerdes vela modes egen efre ne only tath. Oh, my God. J.R.R. Tolkien is on the podcast? Kyle, hold that thought. But <laughs> luckily, I happen to know, Kyle, that you speak fluent Old English, so you should be yeah. able to translate that for us, no problem. I know it perfectly. You said gilded mathems. Yeah. Something about fries. Yep. Uh, and uh, the apocalypse will happen in 2016. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> it turns out they were wrong, but uh, it's a beautiful Four poem. years off. Four years <laughs> off. <laughs> Uh, I've got a a slightly better quote here, Kyle. This one's from uh, circa 1275, which puts it in the You're not going to tell me at all what that poem was about. Oh, I have no idea. (laughs) Oh my God, so funny. It's from early old English. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a better quote from circa 1275, which is in middle English, so it's a little easier to understand. This is from a poem called Brute by a guy called Leomond. Love it. And this line is... Yifus the king and all his gold and the mathems of his land. Aw. 
Oh, that sounds like a demand. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> all the mathems, all like the treasures of his land. All the treasures of his land. Yes. That's fun. I it love, is fun. I love mathems. And I have a quick fun side note about that quote, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, on the subject of letters no longer in the English alphabet, that quote includes an F, two thorns, and a yach. Oh, I looked up yach. That's how it's pronounced? I thought it was, I don't know, something else. Well, it is, it's, spelled with a G, it's spelled Y-O-G-H, so I thought it was yog or, or yoff maybe, but it's yach, oh, I think. Be. And it sort of looks like a number three. Yes! And I, I think it's pronounced like a Y, which is why yeah. I said, you've us the king. <laughs> Yeah, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> and just to cover our bases here, Kyle, if anyone's interested, the other letters, which were once part of the English alphabet, mm-hmm. but are no longer. Do mm-hmm. you know any L-M-N-O-P, others, Kyle? Uh, no, um, <laughs> uh, No, let me see if I can think of any. Uh, I feel like there's like a Y-ish looking one. There's one that looks also sort of like a lowercase p, but with the round part sort of stretched downward. That one's called Win. A Win, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was pronounced like a W. Yeah. Like a W, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's more? There's a couple of vowels. There's ash, which is the A-E squished together, like you sometimes sure. see in encyclopedia. It's called an ash? It's called an ash. And weirder, there's one called an ethyl, <gasps> which is O-E squished together, which oh. you occasionally see in onomatopoeia. An- onomatopoeia. You also see it in French words like oof. Yeah, boof. Yeah. Or oove. Oove, yeah, that's a good, yeah. well, yeah, that uses it, huh? It does. We should just have one for all vowels. We should just squish <laughs> them all together. and Squish them all together, all the combos. A-E-I-O-U, all together in one. What is oh, that called? Yeah, uh, a mess. <laughs> a mess. <laughs> a tragedy. Now, Kyle, let's, once again, let's let's skirt back to the mathem at hand. In Old English, mathem meant treasure. But today, mm-hmm. mathem means trinkets. Do you want to guess the man who's responsible for that? And I'll give you a hint. You've said his name. Oh, my God. You're telling me that J.R.R. Tolkien took this word and made it so twee. That's right, Kyle. John Ronald Rule Tolkien. Or I guess Rule. maybe it's more accurate to say that the people responsible for this change in meaning are hobbits. <laughs> are hobbits. <laughs> Which sure. is why it's so twee. <laughs> it is It is very twee, yeah. So uh, what our audiences might not, our audiences, all of them. Yeah. Um, what three. they might not know is that I'm a pretty diehard Lord of the Rings fan. That's true. That's true. But Kyle, I'm curious, what, what do you know about hobbits and their way of oh. life? I know they're uh, short people got no reason. Um, I know short. I know that they eat a lot of meals up to at least 11sies. They got <laughs> names that are way too close to things you don't want to be saying. I'm thinking of you, Bilbo. Um, that's about it. That's, I mean, I'm sure I know more. They live underground like the Teletubbies. In hills. <laughs> yes, they do live in hills. Well, don't don't worry, Kyle, and don't worry, folks at home. The prologue to the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which is titled Concerning Hobbits, gives us a very detailed oh. and very heartwarming description of Hobbit life. I did not I have I've read The Hobbit, but I've never read The Lord of the Rings. I've never read Yeah, The Lord books, of the Rings so. just opens with Tolkien saying, Hey, you should know some stuff about Hobbits. They're lovely. <laughs> 
so funny. <laughs> yes, and amidst that prologue concerning hobbits, Tolkien describes how hobbits did once have a need to make war and defend themselves like a couple thousand years ago, but that time is long past. And he says, and I quote, and I do my Tolkien impression. <clears throat> so, though there were still some store of weapons in the Shire, these were used mostly as trophies hanging above hearths or on walls, or gathered into the museum at Mickle Delving. The Metham House, it was called, for anything <gasps> that hobbits had no immediate use for but were unwilling to throw away, they called a Metham. Their dwellings were apt to become rather crowded with Mathams, and many of the presents that passed from hand to hand were of that sort. I freaking love it! <laughs> I want to have a Matham house! Yes, Matham house, by the way, was also a pre-existing Old English <gasps> term, although in that context it meant something more like a treasury. Sure, sure, sure. Like a uh, literary work, a treasury. What? I mean, I know that like there's a treasury where money is kept. Yes. Right? Is that what you mean? Or like like where where you keep your gold or your stuff, your, ma- your valuables. I thought you meant like because uh, treasury can be used like in a figurative sense to mean like uh, just a collection of valued things. Oh, there you know you go. what I mean? Like I've heard like treasuries is like a an anthology. It's called it like oh. a treasury or something. You know what I mean? Well, that's lovely. I did not know that. Yeah. But anyways, J.R.R. Tolkien like. I know he did a lot of work, you know, kind of linguistically getting to the nitty gritty of of the yeah. English language and of Old English. But this is, if there's one thing other than the Lord of the Rings he should be known for, it's for bringing Matham out <laughs> from obscurity. Because that is an important, uh, frankly, he should have won a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, but he was, I mean, you're absolutely right, Kyle. He was a very linguistic kind of a guy. It is really no surprise that Tolkien should dig up an old English word yeah. and incorporate it into his writings. <laughs> yeah. He was a philologist, which oh. is sort of the intersection of a linguist and a historian. He was a professor of Anglo-Saxon and then later uh, a professor of English language and lit. I didn't realize he taught. He did. He was Professor Tolkien. Yeah. That mm. was like his, his main career before he got famous as a writer. Splendid. And he did apply his linguistics knowledge thoroughly in his writings. If you look into all of the names of people and places in Lord of the Rings, they have just unnecessarily detailed etymologies in real world languages and in the languages of yeah, 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 Lord yeah. of the Rings. That he just he made up. created a very impossibly high standard that I feel consistently inadequate for not standing up to in my own fantasy writing. God, can you imagine being one of his students? What yeah. the heck must have that been like? <laughs> like uh, it must have been impossible, one, to learn anything, and two, to get a good grade on any of the tests. Well, I think he was uh, like a very well-liked professor. A, a lot of like authors who there's like a lot of famous authors who were his students that like i really mm. loved him wh sure. auden is one that i know but there's others was c.s lewis one of his not one of his students but one of his dear dear friends they friends. communicated frequently and were part of like this club of author buddies at the time yeah <laughs> we talked about them at some point and i'm trying to remember the context but regardless yeah but without question, the most impressive feat of Tolkien's writing is the many, many constructed languages or conlangs yeah. that yeah, Tolkien yeah, created. Yeah. His most detailed and complete language is Quenya, which is the ancient elven language in Lord of the oh, Rings. 
That's called Quenya? It is called Quenya, although if you've watched the films, you'd be more familiar with Sindarin, which is the more modern elven language. That's right. There's two. (laughs) The Sindarin and Quenya. And Quenya. Two different elven languages that he wrote. (laughs) Are they related? Like, is did Sin- Cinderin in his universe extend? For, like, is it old like English to English out of, yes. to modern English? Yeah, but it, but they're not nearly that close, you know. Like right. Quenya, he drew a lot of inspiration from like Latin, but also like Finnish and other Nordic languages. But Cinderin has a much more Celtic feel to it. Gotcha. But besides those, there's also Kuzdul, which is the language of dwarves. There's the Black Speech, which is the language of Mordor, and like a million others. It's honestly crazy. It really is. He's a real life wizard. Regardless, to sum up here, Kyle, Tolkien's writing is filled to the brim with linguistic mathems, and mathem itself is one. It truly is, Emily. I mean, this episode has really been a mathem to me, and it's just. <laughs> It it is it is a mathem of our episode sitting in our mathem house of episodes, you know. <laughs> yes, sitting in our treasury. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really wonderful. I mean, it's just it's one of those words where it's like, you know, I said at the beginning, you can't, you just can't have enough words to describe it, you know. To describe like little little doodads, little little knick-knacks. fun doodads. Yeah, it's just like I think that's why we just keep coming up with. Twee little words for it. It's just because it's so like, delightful. Yeah, what do we call? I'm just giddy with excitement. I need to just name things. <laughs> really good. Great episode, yeah. Emily. Love it. Kyle, can you use mathem in a sentence? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, All right, let's make it count. Let's make it make count. Make it count, you know? Really s- send this one home. When I was a kid... <laughs> good <start. laughs> And I had been a good little boy at the dentist. Before I got to leave, my dentist would open up a toy treasure chest and let me choose a mathem from inside. Yeah. (laughs) Delightful. (laughs) Delightful. I tried to avoid the tooth-related toys. (laughs) Yeah, those were like, who wants that, you know? We want toys that don't remind us of the fact that we've just been to the dentist. Exactly. Great sentence, Kyle. Thank you, Emily. Great word. I'm so happy. Oh, you want to be even happier, Kyle? Yes. Let's play a game. Let's play a game! You're going to love this game. This game is called It's All Quenya to Me. Of course. So conlangs or constructed languages are not unique to Tolkien by a long shot. There are conlangs in Game of Thrones and Star Trek, which are just as developed as the ones in Lord of the Rings. And plenty more sort of semi-developed conlangs in plenty of other properties. So for this game, I'm going to give you a word or phrase in a conlang, and I'd like you to try and translate it. Oh, this is going to be so difficult. (laughs) It's kind of going to be either you know it or you don't. So if you don't know it, just take a guess. All right. Sounds good. I'm good at that. You are good at that. (laughs) All right. The first one, you might know this first one. It is a phrase in Valyrian from Game of Thrones. It is Valar Morghulis. And it is a common phrase used by the Assassin's Guild known as the Faceless Men, as well as a bunch of other people. I'm pretty sure whenever something goes wrong in in an assassination attempt, they say, go get Margulies. And they say, because Miriam Margulies (laughs) is the one who... (laughs) And she can fix anything. (laughs) She can fix anything. (laughs) 
<laughs> she's my hero. <laughs> we just love her. <laughs> we just love her. Uh, no, Valar Morghulis means all men must die. Oh. Yeah. Oh my. Well, it's used by an assassin's guild. I thought that was a little hint. I Well, I guess so. Yeah. All <laughs> men must die. Okay. All, all men right. must die. Yeah. All right. Next one, Kyle. And mm-hmm. let me let me get some real gusto into this one. I'm going to back up yes, from please. the mic a little bit. Give it a running start. Kapla! Oh! <laughs> that is Klingon from Star Trek. And it is probably a Klingon's most commonly used exclamation or battle cry. What? <laughs> yeah. It is Q-A-P-L-A apostrophe. Does it have a meaning or is that just it? It does. No, it has a meaning. Oh, uh... Two arms. Oh, close. Think of other legs. Battle. (laughs) No, things you might shout as you as you go into battle. Uh, Sentiments you uh, might want to encourage. You know, charge. (laughs) Uh, To death. (laughs) I mean, they they would, but uh, no, it means victory. Oh, victory! Yeah. All right, you're over two. This one you might get. I don't know. (laughs) It is from Avatar. Your fave. Okay. I mean, I haven't seen any, really any of Game of Thrones <laughs> or Star Trek, so I might be able to get... I have seen the first you Avatar. You have seen Avatar, yes. Half of the second Avatar, which is two hours anyway, so... <laughs> so, yeah, this is this is a phrase in Na'vi from Avatar, mm-hmm. and I believe it is pronounced Wegati Kame. Wegati Kame. I think. it It means... It is a greeting given by fellow clansmates of all clans on Pandora. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I see you. <gasps> I Kyle, see you got you. it. I see you. You got it. It does mean <laughs> I see you. Oh, James Cameron. Gotta love that man. Gotta Do you think there's going to be an Avatar-related submersible explosion someday? <laughs> <laughs> let's move on <laughs> Kyle now got, we're gonna was that get, the last one no I've got two oh. more and the oh, rest okay. of these are silly <laughs> okay good 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 <laughs> Kyle this is a word in the lapine or rabbit language of watership down oh god it is hrududu h-r-u-d-u-d-u it is often a part of warning calls as the rabbits are traveling across farms and villages. And you uh, might be able to guess it because it's a little bit onomatopoeic. Something uh, they would warn each other about. Uh, is it like humans are here or birds are here? No, it's something's here. Oh, birds is a good guess. Yeah, that's what it's I was not thinking. it. Uh, I don't know. It is uh, a vehicle is approaching. Oh, it's like a little like yeah. (laughs) Fruit to do. That's so good. Yeah. Last one, Kyle. You you're definitely gonna get this one for sure. Okay. Because this is a phrase. This is an exclamation in Simlish from The Sims (gasps) Four. Oh no! Wabadiboo! (laughs) Wabadiboo! And it is often shouted in panic. After a cooking mishap. Oh, God. There's a fire? <laughs> Close. Uh, get the extinguisher? No. Uh, stick with fire. Uh, I'm on fire. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Wabadibu? Wabadibu. Wabadibu. <laughs> I forgot about Simlish and how it's my favorite conlang. 
<laughs> it's really good. Wow, great game, Emily. <laughs> yeah, conlangs are fun. They're fun. They're the mathems of the gamut of language. <laughs> they are. You know, they are for sure. Just little treasures. They're like little, little treasures. You know, you know what? Like you and me. Aw, Emily. <laughs> like you and me. Speaking of you and me, everybody <gasps> out there who are our mathems, you yeah. guys remember that you can find Butternote Parsnips on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram at Butternote Parsnips Podcast. And if you liked today's episode, consider giving us a five-star rating or review wherever you heard us. And if you really liked today's episode, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Parsnips. Donating $5 or more earns you a shout-out either on social media or here on the podcast. Thanks so much to all of you. You help us make what we make. And with that, I've been Emily Moyers. And I've been Kyle Imperator. And this has been Butter No Parsnips. Wabadeeboo. <laughs>Thank you for listening to Butter No Parsnips. Butter No Parsnips is produced by Seth Glicksman, Emily Moyers, and Kyle Imperator. The theme music and additional music is by Kyle Imperator. If you liked listening to this episode, subscribe and give us a good rating and or positive review wherever you heard it. If you really liked listening, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butternoparsnips. There you can get bonus content you can't get anywhere else, like the monthly Patreon-exclusive podcast Buttered Parsnips. Your support means the world to us and encourages us to keep making more. Thanks in advance, and we'll be back next week.